Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick. This is going to be a fun conversation. I talk a lot about, not necessarily I, but my guests over the years have talked a lot about the little things could sometimes be the big things. And this is one of those conversations. I think the lessons learned today can apply to not only your business, but also to your life. Going to be a cool conversation. Let's get to it. I'm joined now by Michael Alden. He is the CEO and president of Blue Vase Marketing and the author of a book called 5% More, Making Small Changes to Achieve Extraordinary Results. Mike, welcome to the show. Todd, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, the pleasure is mine, Mike. I appreciate you making time to join me. I know you're an awfully busy fellow, so I appreciate you stopping by. Before we get into our conversation around this new book and this idea of 5% More, take a few quick minutes and just walk us through a bit about you, your background, and the work that you're out there doing with Blue Vase. Sure. You know, I'm just your average everyday guy. I, I grew up in a, in a difficult situation as a kid. I grew up in the project surrounded by crime, drugs, and violence. Uh, my mother's HIV positive. My stepfather died of AIDS. Uh, one of my brothers died of an overdose. A kid I grew up with is in jail for life for murder. Another brother did two years for distribution. And, you know, a lot of people said to me, and they said, Mike, you know, what makes you so different than the kids that you grew up with or your family members? Like, you know, what did you do differently? And, you know, that became my first book. And my first book is titled Ask More, Get More, How to Earn More, Save More, and Live More. And what I realized when I was writing the book, the working title of it was What Makes You So Different because everyone always asked me that. What I realized was, Todd, is that nothing makes me different. I'm no different than my family members who are having trouble and some of the people that I grew up with. The only difference between me and them is that I thought a little bit differently. And again, when I look back at my life, one of the biggest things that I realized is as a young child, I asked for more first out of myself. And then I asked for more out of others. And then ultimately, I asked for more out of life. And that's kind of really got me to where I am today. Like you mentioned, I'm the CEO of Blue Vase Marketing. We've been ranked in Inc. Magazine as one of the fastest growing companies for three years in, in a row. We literally generate hundreds of millions of dollars. Again, I grew up with nothing. You know, I remember what it was like growing up in the projects and waking up in the morning and not having any milk in the refrigerator. I remember what it was like going to elementary school, middle school, and high school and standing in a separate line because my lunch was subsidized by the state. I remember what it was like when the Salvation Army would come to our home and subsidize our entire Christmas or our Thanksgiving. So, you know, it was a tough situation. I, I tell you, though, there were a lot tougher situations than mine, but I learned a lot about really kind of how to pull yourself up and, and, and you know, get yourself out of that situation. And, and again, that's really kind of the premise of, of my background and, and how I did it. And again, I'm just a simple average everyday guy who's just worked a little bit harder to get to where I am today. Well, see, I think that's such a problem in today's world, certainly in business, but in terms of most of us who are listening, achieving something big, however you define big in your life, is these self-limiting beliefs, right? I mean, I, there's so many gentlemen in your situation who would have said, yeah, my my ticket's punched. I, I, my, my path's already set. I'm just going to just go with the flow and however life takes me because I've obviously am destined to not do big things. And, and it, I, I, frankly, the whole goal of this conversation is to how to understand how just 5% more can just be world and game changing. But I, everyone says, oh, I could never do what Steve Jobs did or I could never be Elon Musk. They're no different than us, right? 
they're not any different than us. And that's the other thing that I think people really need to look at. Here's the one thing that I know is I'm not a science guy. Again, I've, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to, you know, to achieve the high levels in academia. I'm an attorney by trade, but you know, I'm not, you know, I just worked harder, but here's the one thing that I know when I talk about the science of, of us and our brains and how things work, there are two things that, that I know 100% that we don't have. I know that the Nobel Peace Prize was just given out to a bunch of different scientists and things like that. I'm pretty sure they still haven't found this yet, but we, there are two things we don't have. We don't have a success gene and we don't have a failure gene. Okay. So you're not inherently going to be successful and you're not inherently going to fail or give up or whatever it is. But what I, what I did realize though, is that the only way, the only way you're going to get out of whatever situation you're in, the only way you're going to get to where you need to go is you need to step back, become accountable for your own actions, and then move forward. You know, when you look at Steve Jobs, I mean, Steve Jobs, he went to Reed College, I believe, and then dropped out. I mean, he wasn't the brightest guy. You know, Elon Musk, all these other guys, when you look at really what they're doing and what they've done, they just work a little bit harder than everybody else. I mean, that's that's really the simplicity of 5% more and the simplicity of me and where I am at today. Because to be honest with you, if it isn't simple, then I'm not going to do it. Right, right. Well, the key there is a little bit more. It doesn't take giant gargantuan effort to to change things. I mean, that's and that's the whole point of this book. Mike, there are a lot of books. If you go to Amazon and say, hey, I want to improve my life or I want to develop more personal success or I want to figure out how to succeed. I mean, there's countless titles that talk about how to do that. And there's a million models, a million methodologies and how to turn your life around. Why did the world need yet another book on this idea of, of, of achieving extraordinary results? I mean, what, what, what's different about your approach? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, so when I wrote Ask More, Get More, I didn't really have an idea or a plan to write a second book. But I saw all these other books, and I've read every self-help book that's out there. And there's a lot of great ones, but there's also a lot of them that don't work for most people. And the reason why they don't work for most people is because they're written for, you know, maybe the top 1% of human beings that can actually withstand the type of activity or the type of action that these books say you need to take. For instance, you know, there are a lot of books out there that say you have to take massive and immediate action in order to be successful. You need to be 10 times better than everybody else. You need to 10 up your actions. You need to be 100% on 100% of the time. And earlier I'd mentioned I'm not a science guy, but I talk a lot about it in my book, the science behind how we work, how we're wired as human beings. And here's one of the things that I know 100% again is that we cannot sustain long-term success by being 10 times better than everybody else or 100% on 100% of the time. So all those books that are out there, these people are buying, they're, they're spending their hard-earned money because they want more. They want to they, they want to achieve the level of, quote, success, whatever that is, however you want to define that. And they buy these books and they say, well, I got to, you know, take all these massive actions. It doesn't work. But what does work and the scientific community agrees with me is you can become successful again, define it however you want and whatever it is you're trying to achieve by taking small baby steps. You know, the only way to climb to a mountain, the top of a mountain is one foot in front of the other. You could try and run up to the mountain right? Just start from the bottom and run as fast as you can, but you'll probably fall off the cliff or you'll probably die of a heart attack before you get there. But you'll definitely get to the top if you take one foot in front of the other and get to the top. And really, that's it. That's the type of stuff that works. So that's why people need this because this is realistic. It's it's simple. It's easy to understand. And it can be applied in virtually every aspect of anyone's life. And again, I get so frustrated with all these other programs that are out there. You know, I can, I can sit in front of a bunch of people and get them in a room and get everybody excited and get you all fired up about, you know, thinking positively and all these other things but you know when you can you can think positively all you want but you need to actually take some actions and you cannot sustain these these wholesale changes but you can take the small changes over time compound on them and then they become they become what they become habit once they become habit then the rest becomes easy see I think the two keys here 
is developing a, a new approach, a new way of thinking, uh, uh, some change that is sustainable. What I've heard you say is the change you make, the actions you take have to be large enough to be productive but small enough to be sustainable. I think that's where most people f- fall on their face, right? I mean, they'll go to a conference and they'll listen to Tony Robbins speak and, and they'll come out of there all motivated doing somersaults down the street and hang up a new motivational posters over their desk and all that. But the next day they're back in their same old routine because it's th- what they expect of themselves, what they think they need is, is just too big to get their hands around. And so that's the real key here, right, is, is you have to make change, but it has to be sustainable. And that's where most people flop. And the other key point is this idea you have to wrap your head around and embrace and recognize the power of incremental growth. I think most people are not patient. And so they think I have to make wholesale dramatic change right now. And it goes back to it's just not sustainable. Comment on that, please. Yeah, I mean, again, everything you just said, I agree with 100%. And that's it. You know, these these wholesale changes, I mean, you just look at the diet industry and why most people fail and they fall off is because, you know, they decide a lot of these diet programs to say, well, you know, for instance, you know, let's go back to the Atkins days, right? Okay, well, you just need to stop eating carbohydrates. And so you just go from eating, you know, a, a traditional standard American diet, and then you just go to straight to, you know, just the meat and things like that. And you have no <laughs> carbohydrates. Well, you lose a little bit of weight, right? But then you fall off. And by the way, Atkins died of a heart attack, right? So that's a whole nother thing. But <laughs> but here's the thing: is like you, you know, if you if you if you try to make a wholesale change like that, it just doesn't work. Again, it's it's how we're wired as human beings. That's just that's just the way it is. And so, but we do know that success is built upon step by step, little what I like to call five percent moments. And you can again, you can compound them. The other thing too is when you talk about big things. Look, you want to set a big goal. You have a big plan for your life. That's fine, but don't have a big dream. I always tell people stop dreaming and start doing. Dreaming is for sleeping. So so many people dream about being successful. You want to be the president of the United States, which by the way is an is a job that I don't think anyone wants. But if you want to be the president of the United States, you want to be the CEO of your company, you want to be a millionaire or whatever it is. That's fine. Let's set those big goals, but let's break them down into small, realistic, achievable steps over time that you can compound them. Because when you set a a, a, goal, a lofty goal like that, again, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, but you it, it becomes so big and so abstract that our brains can't even, again, they can't even wrap our, we can't even wrap ourselves around it, so we can't even figure it out. So you want to be a millionaire? Okay, well, what do you need to do on day one? How are you going to do that? What are you going to sell? What sort of skills are you going to develop? What are you going to do on a daily basis? And that's how I look at my life and that's how I run my business. Literally on a day-to-day basis, we look at every single day and we look and we look at the day before. We set, you know, weekly, quarterly, monthly goals, but we also break them down daily. You know why? Because we can see what we're doing, we can see where we're going, but we can also see and when we're making mistakes. All right, second half of the show, we're going to dive into the 5% more philosophy and go into that uh, item by item. But before we go to break, Mike, a, a real quick comment. Someone listening may say, 5%, that's nothing. But I think the key here to understand is most people you're interacting with, 5% is is way more than they're ever going to do. And that's how you're going to stand out, right? 5% is life-changing. You know, it does, and that's the whole thing. It sounds like a small number, but when you compound on that, or if you just if you, if you just improved in, in different aspects of your life by 5%, okay, whatever that is, it actually can have a long-term huge benefit, to, again, to whatever aspect of your life is. So from a, from a business or a sales perspective, if you just increased your profitability by 5%, would you be happy? And the answer is absolutely. If I made 5% more money, I'd have a lot more money in the bank. Right, right, right. No, people need to understand that the 5% difference, as you said, is game changing. All right, Mike Alden and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. In today's workplace, 
business leaders face significant pressure to recruit and retain the best employees, to effectively build a team, to create a culture that is healthy, productive, and dynamic, and to empower their staff in managing stress and finding balance. And behind all those pressures is one goal, to strengthen and grow the business. And too many organizations struggle with this. Unlimited Coaching Solutions provides customized strategies and training to help reach your goals and take your teams to the next level. Call them today at 585-248-9322 or find them online at unlimitedcoaching.com. All right, I am back with Michael Alden, author of a new book called 5% More, Making Small Changes to Achieve Extraordinary Results. All right, so Mike, let's get into the details of 5% More. Lead us off by talking about how the difference can be in your business if you spend 5% more time with your current customers. Yeah, you know, I learned that early on in my career. I was in I was working in a call center while I was in law school and I learned this from a trainer and he said, "Look, you know, rather rather than trying to get to the next call or burn through the calls that you're on so again, these were my customers. So rather than, you know, trying to jump to that next customer, spend 30 more seconds. This is how it was taught to me. I give you the exact way it was taught. Spend 30 more seconds with a customer that already bought something from you and and, and develop that relationship. Again, this is on a just just this is a quick phone call type scenario, but spend a little bit more time time with them, develop a rapport with them, because if they buy something from you now, they'll probably buy more from you later, rather than trying to jump to the next customer that might not even buy anything from you. You know, I mean, it's it's business 101, business fundamentals. The hardest thing to do is to get a customer, but the best thing to do is to maintain that customer. You maintain that customer, then you, got, you, you can have long-term sustainable growth. Well, the, the ma- significant majority of the revenue that my media company makes is from existing customers and, and continuing to buy again and again and then developing new projects with them. So I under- certainly understand that. And, and a, f- a 5% increase in that alone would be impactful to my organization. There's no doubt about that. You also talk about how you should increase your prices by 5%. So walk sure. us through that. Well, you know, I tell a story in the book. I, w- I was in this little uh, cafe in my hometown. I used to go there every morning and you know, have a cup of coffee and, you know, ha- have an egg sandwich or something. And, and I was talking with the owner and she seemed stressed out. You know, running a restaurant's not an easy thing to do. And she told me, she said, Mike, you know, I might have to take a second job. And she said, we might even have to, you know, shut down. And I said, why? She said, I just can't make it work. It's, you know, financially, it's not working for us. But there was customers everywhere and it was always busy. The challenge was that she didn't charge enough. And she didn't charge enough because she wanted to make sure that those customers kept coming back. So I said to her, I said, just increase your prices just a little bit. And she says, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, you know, she was, she was really hesitant. Guess what? She had to close her doors, okay? She closed her doors in that place. Ultimately, the good news is she ended up getting an investor, opening up another business. And by the way, she charges probably... I want to say 25% more than what she was charging before. Same type of business, uh, just in a different location. And so, look, if you have a good product and you offer a good service, people will pay a dollar five versus a dollar in order to in order to buy a cup of coffee, as long as it's a good cup of coffee. So don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to to undervalue. I mean, you actually don't be. You don't want to undervalue yourself, and you don't want to undervalue your products and services. You know, I go back to when I started my business eight years ago, and you know, I, I'm still selling a lot of the same products, and I. Our prices have increased over time. Now, here's why we increased them. Not because we could. 
one because we had to increase them just because the way the the media environment was changing the way I buy the way I buy my media but they're still good products and the customers still continue to buy them and they still continue to receive benefits so if you're struggling whatever business you're in take a look at your prices and say hey you know what if I increase them by five percent do you think you're really gonna lose anybody and if you lost those customers by five percent you're probably gonna lose them anyway well that was the point I was gonna make I mean frankly let's be honest here most people will write off a five percent increase to just cost of living increases but but if you're if I think if if someone's not willing to pay five percent more for your services, I think you got two problems. One is they're probably not a good customer anyway and not going to be loyal. But two, that may be a sign to say, boy, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to be doing to increase the perceived value or the you know the real value for sure to to make them just say I I, I would pay more, but five percent, yes, let's do it. I mean, so a lot to think about there. I mean, you talk about just increasing results by 5%. Someone may say, oh, that's negligible. That's not even worth it. I should be doing 25 or 50%. Walk us through why 5% increase in results is in and of itself game-changing. Sure. You know, I tell a story in the book. A couple years ago, I spoke to Comcast and all of their door-to-door salespeople. There were about 400 people uh, of their door-to-door salespeople in the room. And these are, you know, the truest, you know, really hitting the pavement, knocking on doors, rain, shine, hot out, it doesn't matter, cold out, it doesn't matter. They're, they're knocking on doors. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, I mean, Comcast, they still generate a, a significant amount of their revenue from door-to-door salespeople. And when, when, before I spoke, I sat down with the management. And I said, show me what their days, days look like. Show me what their average close rate is, what their commission rate is, and things like this. And I want to show them how 5% more can change their life. Now, they knock on about 50 doors a day at the time, 50 doors a day. So I showed them. I said, what if you just knocked on 5% more doors a day? That's 2.5 extra doors a day. It's about 10 minutes a day. And everything else stayed the same. So mathematically, you're just connecting with 2.5 more customers on on a day-to-day basis. And you just maintain that over a year, okay? Now, everything stays the same. The math stays the same because it will. That would increase their commissions by $6,250 on an annual basis. Now, these aren't highly compensated salespeople. That's a significant increase in their bottom line. Now, you multiply that by the 400 people that were in the room, that's $2.5 million in commissions paid to them. Now, I didn't do the math of what the revenue and the profitability is for Comcast, but you can just imagine it's significant. So if you think 5% isn't enough, you're mistaken. Now, a quick story, a side sideline of that story. I was in my local stop and shop, you know, about several months later, and this guy came up to me. He said, Mike, hey, listen, we, we actually lived in the same neighborhood together. He's a little bit older than me. And he goes, I, I, I'm one of those sales guys. I was, you know, I was in the room and I listened to what you said and I applied that, but I applied it even further. Now I'm knocking on 10%. Now I'm knocking on five more doors a day. I'm making more money. My family is, is, is more financially secure. And it's easy to do. You just have to do it. It goes back to what I've said before. Simple things work, but only if you do them. Yeah. Well, that's the key to a lot of things, no doubt. You also talk about doing something 5% differently than your competitors. Now, that's an intriguing notion. A lot of people can't get their head around that, but that's, shoot, that's game changing too. Yeah. You know, so, you know, when we go. Five percent is the the number itself. It came to me. I was in a spinning class, and I don't get into the whole story. But I was in a spinning class, and towards the end of the class, she said, "Look, if you can give me five percent more effort for these next five minutes, you're going to burn more calories. Your metabolic rate's going to increase. Your heart rate's going to increase. When you get off the bike, all of those same benefits are still going to be uh, still going to be there as well. And then ultimately, you're going to live a healthier, happier life." And then she said, "Anybody can do anything five percent more." And I looked around the whole room, and everyone was you know different ages, races, ethnicities. There was a pregnant woman in the class, and 
everybody gave that 5% more effort. So 5% is that's how that number came to me. So when you think about being creative or thinking differently, it doesn't necessarily have to equal 5%. What it really means is, is thinking a little bit differently, thinking outside the box, stepping back, taking a look at it, your competitors, seeing what they're doing and trying to do something a little bit different than them. And the reason why I say even a little bit different, and I had mentioned this earlier, is because, you know, if it is the wrong thing to do, that's okay because it's not a wholesale change. You didn't just fundamentally change your business. You took a shot, you took a chance, it didn't work. That's okay. You can get, you can step back and react and then go a different direction. So make small changes and by the way, when you find that it works, that's when we start to compound on the 5% from 5% of what you did yesterday, today, the next day, weekly, monthly, yearly, and that 5% now turns into 100% or even greater just by compounding on it. Well, I think the important thing to understand with that idea is, sure, if you do something 5% differently than your competitors, that's probably going to have an impact in terms of how you interact with that competitor in the marketplace, no doubt about it. But I think the mere act of, of having you or your team Take on that exercise, and, and, and it's, that's a little bit of a mindset shift. That makes them think a little bit differently. That in of itself is important, right? I mean, that, I think that has a direct impact on creativity and innovation, yeah? Well, that, that's exactly it. And, you know, because people ask me, you know, how do you, you know, what, what if you're in a business that isn't quantifiable? You know, what if you're an artist, right? Or what if you're in the creative development uh, division of a company that doesn't have, you know, there's no way to necessarily quantify what they're doing? Well, again, that's where it comes down to what you talked about, the creative aspect of it. It's really, you know, the other part part two is, and I don't spend a lot of time talking about this in the book, but it's actually important to talk about. It's the last 5%. So if you're a creative person or whatever, whatever you're doing in your business, and it's not necessarily quantify, you're not in sales, you can't quantify what you're doing, but it does come down to that little extra effort, that little, you know, difference in your belief level, that little like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to step outside of my comfort level just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit, just to see what will happen. And when you do that, things start to change. You start to see things a little bit differently. Nobody likes to go outside of their comfort zone. I don't like to do it. I don't know anybody that likes to do it. But I do know this. When I do it, things change always for the better. Well, and when you go 5% out of your comfort zone, that's not that dramatic a shift, but it is game changing. It is, it is a new approach. It is a new way of thinking. And, and that can be enough uh, when, you're, when you're trying to achieve that kind of success in a competitive marketplace. So that's, that's critical. Let's close on this final comment on, on motivate your team to give 5% more. I, I, I think talk about the, the impact of doing that, but also talk about how to do it. I don't want some drill master to say, all right, well, I'll just drive my team harder and whip them some more. I can get 5% more out of that's, that's That's not going to work. In fact, it will probably backfire. Well, you know, again, it's a great point because a lot of people say, well, I'm already working my guys really hard or my gals are really working hard, the salespeople. I'm driving driving home the point. And all. So you're just telling me I just, I'm just i just going to ride them a little bit more? Well, yes and no because here's the thing. When you're, you know, look, you always hear that I hear this a lot. I don't know a lot of people, but you always hear of people and they talk about how busy they are or how how hard they're really working. But when you really look at it, a lot of people aren't busy. They're just they have a lot of act, excuse me. They're really not um, accomplishing much. They're busy. They have a lot of activity, but they're not accomplishing much. So a lot of businesses think that they're riding their guys or their gals or they're really getting you know the most efficiency out of them. <laughs> they're most likely not. So the first thing is let's take a look at their efficiency. Let's see if they're actually getting things done. You know they're 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 finishing the value 
valuable final product. They're accomplishing stuff, you know, versus being just busy. That's the first thing, okay? And when you do that, and then you sh- and then you can figure out how to make your people more efficient. When you make them more efficient, they're going to be happier. They're going to make more money. You're going to make more money. So that's really what we're talking about here. Is you know, you know, I- I've met with goal setting experts. I've met with efficiency experts, and all these other things. And again, I think they make a big mistake by setting these big term lofty stretch goals for everybody. And they say they you know they dangle the carrot and say if you hit this, you know, you're going to make a, a ton of money. And here's your medium goal. This is what everybody should hit. And here's your baseline goal. And you definitely need to hit that. The problem is, is they set that 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 stretch goal so far out that nobody hits it, but it's always dangling there and you always just kind of want to hit it, right? So I'm not saying lower people's expectations. I'm just saying let's 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 compound on people's successes. So start a little bit slower, start a little bit lower, and then build on it each and every single day. That's exactly what I do in my business, and I've done it. And again, I've had resistance from my, you know, from management. They say, Mike, you know, we know we can get a 50% bump or, or what have you. I say, yeah, maybe once or twice, but let's maintain that over time, over the next two years, three years, four years, and continue to grow on it. Because when you look at it, from a macro and a micro level, if you look at it and say, I want you to go, this happens all the time, you say, you know, if, if, I, if I did a million dollars in revenue this year, and then I go to you and I say, I want you to do two, right? It happens all the time. Managers do that all. You, you did a million. Well, you could totally do two. Well, no, that doesn't really work. Let's just build on it a little bit each month. That's what works in virtually any business. So, you know what? Try it out. You know what? If it doesn't work for you, you didn't really lose much. You might have lost a little bit of time, but just try it out because I know it works and then compound on it. The science agrees with me. You know, efficiency experts, the guys that I've met with, they also finally agree with me. Other successful people that I've met with, and I've been in rooms with billionaires, okay, and they also agree with me. This is what works for long-term sustainable success for virtually anybody. I think a final comment I want you to make is on this idea. There's going to be some bean counter out there and someone who's going to say, all right, we're going to do a 5% more initiative in an organization. We're going to put up this big banner saying 5% more. And we're going to assign Jeb over in accounting to kind of actually measure this and track it. I think that's the mistake, right? I mean, look, the, the, the key here is incremental growth and, and, and small, impactful change sustained over time. And so this doesn't, if you're at 4.6% improvement, that doesn't mean it's a failure. I mean, the, the, the talk on the idea here is to make small change that's incremental and that's powerful and that's our true benefit and the, the key is sustaining that long term that's where the real magic happens so speak to the guy who's sitting there thinking how are i going to measure this and i'm going to yeah. i'm going to punish you if you fall short of five percent well that's a great that's that, that's a great point and the five percent like i told you before the number came to me from a spinning class okay that's how this whole thing happened right so the number five percent the math isn't necessarily the most important thing. It's the way of thinking. It's it's the way of shifting your thinking. Again, it's not making a wholesale giant change in your business or how you operate. It's slowly modifying your activity so that whatever you're trying to do, you become more efficient. So you're making more money. You're happier. I mean, I talk about happiness in the book. You know, that's really all we're talking about. So it's the small incremental changes. And by the way, it doesn't have to be extraordinary results. Okay, it can just be whatever it is you want it to be. So if you set a goal of five percent and it ends up being four. Well, that's okay. Well, let's compound on that and let's maybe go to 5% the next month and let's go to 5.5. Let's go to 6%. And before you know it, you're at 40%, 50%. I give examples in the book of what it looks like if you're just doing $10 million a year and how you can compound on that over time and do 14 million the next year. That's a 40% increase just by applying a 5% more mentality. So it does work. And the bean counters out there, it's a mentality. It's a way of thinking. It is a, it is a setting small goals to achieve big results. 
All right, Mike, uh, we're about out of time. Before I let you go, should anyone have any questions on any of this, how can they find you? Where can they learn more about Blue Vase Marketing? And most importantly, where can they get their hands on a copy of the book, 5% More? Sure, you can find me at michael-alden.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. It's MikeAlden2012. You can find me on Facebook at forward slash The Alden Report. The book, 5% More, is available everywhere. It's available on Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, Target, uh, you know, pick it up. I think you really like it. It's it's an easy read. I'm a simple guy that has applied simple things in my life, and it absolutely works. All right. Michael Alden, CEO and president of Blue Vase Marketing and the author of a new book, 5% More, Making Small Changes to Achieve Extraordinary Results. Mike, a real pleasure to have you. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you, Todd. All right. All the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Michael Alden, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Radio. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.